0: hello welcome to shepherd the sheep gino and i are in studio live in front of my dog my kids are in the other room today we're going to talk about human beings I don't even know how long it's been. Yeah. Months. I could look it up online, but that's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, I mean, it
1: makes sense. Um, Yeah. Things kind of slow down as the summer approaches and, or I actually got busy toward the tail end of the spring. As I say, it's been busier than ever for me. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Well, you've been teaching a lot. You've been. Yeah. um, I've been actually working. It's crazy. Yeah. This is, so this is what it's like to work in the middle of the week. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't, our last one was Corporate Worship, mm. mm-hmm. I think. Well, no, maybe it wasn't. I don't, I don't know. Well, I know we talked about Corporate Worship. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a minute. Oh, it was. It was Corporate Worship, and oh. it was two months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Exactly. But that was a good one because we had to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've are going, if you been following through our log and reading through things, you kind of come to like Corporate Worship and realize, yeah, it's a big deal because some of our first podcasts were on it. Last one was on it. Um, yeah. All right. Yep.
1: But uh, we've been going through um, anthropology, uh, anthropology class or the study of human beings. Not for the man. Yep. Um, Thursday nights. And, um, you know, usually we have some kind of summer series. So was and, and so, you know, for this podcast, um, figured it might be a good idea to just give a bird's eye view of maybe, you know, why we're even doing this. Okay. Why is it important? Why? I mean, is there something missing in the, you know, in in, in American christianism today that that would help us if we think about this more clearly? So hopefully, Jason, the expert, Ugh, taught the class multiple times. Yeah. Cro, you went to Croatia and taught this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how did they receive it? The well,
0: so that that's one thing. Um, First of all, the amount of information unloaded in Croatia compared to um, the church—I don't—I hope I don't sell the church short, but uh, you really have to. I had to dwindle down a lot of information sure. because uh, in a classroom setting, you have time to go into more detail. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I kind of had to say, "Well, okay, what are the big hooks? Like, what are, what are the big things that we got to think about?" Right. And so you can't, because you, you can't. I mean, otherwise, I mean, realistically, you would spend uh, – I mean, I'm trying to think. It's like you're talking about 30 hours versus 6 hours. Mm-hmm. So there's – right, there's 24 hours of material not being communicated. Right. So let's say we got translation time. So you're talking about 20 hours. So you're still talking about 14 hours of gutted information. Right. You right. just right. can't. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do that. And so – Um, We broke it down into made in God's image. Class two was unbelief and uh, specifically ideal idolatry. Gosh, my reading skills are low today. Uh, The third class was eternal beings. uh, where We talked about uh, how we have a point in time where we are created and then we will dwell eternally. Mm. And then uh, class four was transformed into God's image. Where we talked about how we are made into God's, how God transforms the heart. Started to look at the difference between believers and unbelievers, and believers are transformed, unbelievers aren't. Unbelievers are dead. Transformed believers are alive, made in, um, uh, I don't want to say made in God's image, but but recreated, right? And so our heart is made alive. We're brought to life, and we're now His children. And class five was on the resurrection and glorification. And then class six, to be fair, is my least favorite one because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like I'm just tired of the conversation. I, I'm not even in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't even try, I try to stay out of the conversation. I'm already tired of it. So
1: well, well to be fair,
0: gender and sex is really about identity, and y- yes, you do love totally. the subject identity. I do, I do. Yeah. I'm just tired of the like the boogeyman of transgender <clears throat> and like mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah. So, oh, uh, I mean, I don't know if I want to. Do you lay. think that
1: you, you think it's because uh, society will just correct itself eventually, or
0: yes? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they did in the nineteen hundreds. All right. So, you know, when I read, when I was going through my World War One history reading phase, and the problem with my World War One history reading phase is it made me want to ask more questions, and it made me want to read more. But then I moved on to different history. I went on to like uh, the expansion west in the eighteen hundreds, and that was that created problems mm-hmm. um because anyway you get into like where you just uncover that like the american expansion west was not as clean as the way it's thrown around in taboo media today mm-hmm. and so the media you know talks about oh uh, you know like uh, the the european americans and the the white americans did x y and z and and they just the, the way they retell the story and then you read two or three books on it and you go oh my gosh there's so yeah. much information you guys are missing uh, that that doesn't make it clean. and it and it makes it complicated. and, it, and it, it, so for for somebody like me who wants there to be some kind of accurate representation in the things that you say, uh, because if if you don't know if people don't know me well enough by now, one of the things they should know me is my pet peeve is misrepresenting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's because I've been on the end so many times that people misrepresented, and I've been on the end of being misrepresented. Uh, in ways that, that were not fun, that it's like at some point you're sensitive to it and then you realize it is one of the Ten Commandments. So God actually says misrepresenting people is a big deal. And so um, so then for me, coming into like, you know, the 19th century and the World War One era, there was a sexual revolution in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. And in England and in Europe led the way and the United States followed up. And so in that sexual revolution, right, you have... Um, again, you have a homosexual theory, you know, like agenda being pushed and you have all these agendas being pushed. Well, by the 1940s and the 1950s, I mean, there are many today who view that as like the golden era of Christianity. Mm. And so, right. I mean, even today when I hear some people talk about the role of men and women, I I ask myself, did you get that from leave it to beaver or did you get it from the Bible? Mm-hmm. because, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. Like at some level we have to realize there's, there's preference infused into that. And so there's truth in that, but there's also, there's also infused preference. And so some of the decisions families make are tethered to biblical principles, but, but families may make different decisions and they're still tethered to the same biblical principles. Mm-hmm. And it's really more, how does that flesh out in your home than Oh, it has to look the same. So all that to say, right, obviously something corrected in the 40s and 50s to mm-hmm. where now when we come back around to this, quote, unquote, second, secu- second sexual revolution, mm-hmm. people are crying like this is the first time in the history of mankind that this has happened. And it's like – Well, what happened in the 60s? Wasn't that another sexual revolution? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. then you had like – so. That, that's I think why that's, I that's been
1: kind of feminine, the rise of feminine, modern fev- feminism at least maybe.
0: Yeah, but but again, the see, you said that, and I can go back and um, – think about this Churchill biography I'm reading at the end and, and I'm in Churchill's early life. So I haven't passed, um, I I'm in his 1905 to 1914 phase. And I can, I can think of things that, uh, Manchester points out that, that are like, there's, there's the pursuit of feminism there too. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. And then in my, my intertestamental reading, historical reading, there's, um, you, you go back to then, and if you look at the sexual ethics back, then in the culture, we look like boy Scouts, mm. like still today, mm. this looks like Boy Scouts, yeah, because uh, pedophilia was acceptable right right okay um, now that doesn't mean it was doesn't mean it was approved mm-hmm. right it doesn't it doesn't mean people's consciences weren't bothered by it mm-hmm. but it wasn't it was a it wasn't a taboo issue, it's it part was part of the culture, yeah, and it wasn't legally protected like you go read suetonius's twelve Caesars. Oof. you you can't read that to your kids that is a rated x yeah. book uh especially because suetonius um the last time I was perusing through the book, he's got a whole section on um august augustus on augustus's like bedroom escapades and again this, it's not that is not clean reading it is not like you know they're like hey kids let's sit down and read about this like you, you need to make sure you're just your read kids, this history book
1: together right? Yeah, yeah you got
0: kind of, to, and yeah you know and suetonius is writing <clears throat> back in that era like there's no problem
2: mm-hmm.
0: well so and homosexuality there were other things connected to that in, in back in that time period as well mm-hmm. um, you know in terms of like armies would conquer your city Mm -hmm. and there would be certain acts that were done as a way of indicating we conquered you. Yep. And so, you know what I mean? Like, so that's the context that Paul, Jesus, these guys are writing in. Right. Okay. So there's nothing new under the sun. Right. And
1: actually, if you, yeah, I think reading through history, you do see that there is a constant... Uh, denominator with mankind and that that and it's 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 the sinfulness of man has not changed it just it it morphs into different values i guess um some form of of idolatry maybe is is the the way to put it um um, but yeah I, i think there is a some kind of cyclical like there's some kind of cycle it seems yeah um you know and and we we're we're all people of our t- our time, and so it's hard to see the past for what it is because we're looking we're, we're viewing it from our standpoint. So sometimes we look at it unfairly, um, but there's just, like you said, there's so much information missing yeah. from our thinking.
0: Yeah. Well, the, and they also didn't have Twitter. They didn't have Facebook. Sure. Um, and and that's I guess that's why I'm already annoyed by the topic. Maybe annoyed is the wrong word. It's not that I don't want to help people think through it. I'm, I'm absolutely okay helping anybody think through it. The problem I have is much of the discussion is happening in this kind of like internet sphere. Mm-hmm. And, and what my observation is there is a huge disconnect between the internet sphere and what's going on in people's lives. Gotcha. Because again, when I, when I hear people like come to me and when the elders sit down and we're, we're talking about what's going on in people's lives. The th- these things are not coming up. Right. Right. Like th- they may kind of be like fun to talk about. They, they may get like a, Hey, did you hear like, but again, when you sit down and you're like helping somebody think about their parenting or when you're, when you're helping a couple think through their conflicts and their struggles, like these are not the things that, that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually the other five issues that are coming up all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's the made in God's image and, and idolatry and unbelief in, and, and the hope of the resurrection and understanding of the gospel and realizing that we're not in glorified bodies. And because we're not in glorified bodies, we're not dealing, we're never going to deal with perfect people this side of heaven. And, and those are the things that keep coming up. And so then when I hear like this drumbeat of like, Oh, you got a bubble blah, It's like, guys, like, mm-hmm. are you talking to people in your church? Like, who? like seriously, who like nobody in the, nobody in our church is sitting there like going, Oh, you know, like this is really the top five concern of my life. Right, uh, and if yeah. it is, my 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 push might be that person might be a little out of touch with what's going on with individuals in the church. Right, and right. so our job is to be about individuals in the church. But I would I would say like I could already hear somebody say, well, yeah, but you're the pastor; you got to focus on that. Maybe maybe we can focus on no, like actually, your job is to do the same. Yeah, maybe so,
1: maybe at at, at at you know, the most real it can get is if we have friends or acquaintances that we're trying to help navigate. Yeah, and maybe trying to minister to. Yes. That's, so that's yeah. yes. So we do have to have some kind of framework to think through. And, uh, the framework of truth is always going to be the most helpful. Yes.
0: And that's the, that is the one lane that I do recognize. Yeah. That's the only reason why I'm talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like I said, I'm already kind of like, man, I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. So just to, just to be, yeah. just to be a hundred percent honest, because it, like you said, it's an identity issue. And, how do you help somebody solve the identity problem? You start with the gospel. Right. And so again, if I get somebody to to not have a sex change, I might feel good about myself. And I might realize that that long term for for that person on earth, that's good for him or her too. Mm-hmm. But I made him right with Jesus Christ. So got more work to do. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: you're you're right. It's well, let's back up a little bit, I guess, and, and just think about the 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 subject at hand yeah. here. So just anthropology in general. Is there you know, you decided to go through this on Thursday nights with the church. Um was there a particular reason? Um yeah, what motivated I think so. you?
0: Uh well, I think we I mean we kind of talked about this as elders too. Um I think you're right. Like when you think about the gospel, you have to know Jesus Christ and you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you think about ministry, you have to know Jesus Christ and other people. And so, uh, I, I often wonder what, you know, it's, um, it's not, it seems taboo to talk about what's wrong with people. Hmm. And at some level I get it. Like, I don't, I don't want to gossip about other people's, um, illnesses or, or short sightedness or failures or what's wrong with them. Uh, Right. When I love my, like the best way to have a relationship with your spouse is to, is to make much of what they're strong at and to fight being embittered about what they're weak at. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So that, that creates a little bit of a dilemma in my head because you got to talk about that in the gospel Mm -hmm. because otherwise the gospel that was like, well, if, if we're not going to talk about the problem, then why are we talking about the gospel? Right. Like the gospel is the solution. So you got to know who you're dealing with you got to know you're dealing with people and right. you got to, you got to have proper expectations for people. And again, that's a big word for us, right? Cause on the one hand we tell people don't have expectations for others, but you've got to have wisdom in dealing with them. And so, so in, the, in other words, I don't expect my neighbor to glorify Jesus Christ, but let me have a foundation to, to properly interpret why my neighbor does what he does. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor does what he does because he's a, he's made in God's image, but he's sinful. Yeah. Okay, so now, I, now I'm starting to put on the right glasses to interpret this guy because now um, the being made in God's image compels me to show him respect uh, because he's a human being. And yet the understanding of idolatry and unbelief explains to me why he does the things he does.
1: Yeah, I think I, I hear you say this a lot, especially in when we talk about the doctrine of man. Um, we're easily... Um, we we have no problem thinking of people as wretched, stinking, you know, stinking sinners. Yeah. Um. But th- there is a value side to us that yeah. is that that does need to be, uh, very present in our thinking and our dealings with other human beings. Yeah. And I, I think you, um, I, I think one of the reasons why right we are teaching this is, is to help people, value people, um, as image bearers. Yeah. Um. And that is difficult to. I think for the believer, our knee-jerk reaction to the world is right um, to to not do what First John says, which is right, or to uh, well, I guess in First John, do not love the world, right? Well, how yeah. do we interpret that? There's yeah. a, a like, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, that's right. Because okay, so to be fair, like in some of the fundamentalism in my own background, that verse is used almost as a as a excuse for why. You don't have to respect other people mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think it's better to think of that as um, do not uh, do not worship idols. Mm. Um, and that's that's the worldly system is going to encourage your idol worship. Yeah. It's going to encourage your false worship. It's going. It's different right? than saying "do not love people." Yes. Yeah. Do
1: not love the world. You're saying is don't don't love their idols. Yes. Basically, right. Yes. Okay.
0: Don't don't join them. And to be fair, I'm I'm actually coming around to where I think First John is um, primarily a book about right worship, mm. um, and I think he's actually confronting idolatry. And uh, we were talking about this Wednesday night when I was preaching over at uh, First Baptist Church of the Lakes for Ed um, we were talking about this with Ed afterwards and we were talking about first John and he said, yeah, that, that last verse in first John seems to be this weird, like tack along, right? It's this, I mean, you're right. You're reading first John at the very end is like little children don't love idols. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's almost like this, like, you know, it's almost like this, like Mm -hmm. weird ending, you know, you would never end a, you would never end a lunch like that. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you'd never, Oh, guys it was great to hang out with you and uh, it's great to spend time with you and uh really just uh o- always a great time to see you and uh, guard yourself from idols mm. you know but that's that's what he but that's how it ends and there's this like huge question of why is that there well if you go back up to the very first the very first section of first John 1 um, 1 he he has this very interesting introduction and the introduction is um Okay, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes and have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life that was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaimed to you the eternal life. Well, notice, right, even in verse 3, what we have seen and heard we proclaim to you. So notice the the emphasis on um, hearing, seeing, speaking. Well, if you think about idolatry, um, idolatry in uh, Psalm 115 verse 4, the idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak, eyes, but cannot see, ears, but cannot hear, noses, and they cannot smell, hands, but they cannot feel, feet, but they cannot walk. So here's this emphasis on idols have these same sensory pieces, but they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, here's John saying, "Hey, with our sensory pieces, we saw, we heard, we touched, we tasted, we felt, we smelled. Like right, and mm-hmm. so it's interesting. It's almost this like combat, combating of idolatry. Yeah, like we're worshiping the real
1: thing. Yes. Yeah, we're not worshiping the things made by hands. Yes. With, with like with with uh with fake like eyes and nose and ears and yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So in the worship of the real thing you're going to you're going to confess your sin mm-hmm. you're going you have an advocate you're going to love your brothers you're going to love the word because the word is the truth from the living god you're going to want to follow this real god who is your god who has saved you and has forgiven you and loved you first, you're going to want to duplicate that. Mm -hmm. Now the very end makes sense. Guard yourself from idols. Mm. So in a way, I think, I think it's this, you know, so all that to say, I don't know how we got off on that. <laughs> right uh, worship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were saying Ushen oh, yeah, yeah.
1: is about right, right worship. Yeah,
0: and that's what we're right. That's what we're trying to tell people. Like, listen, there is a right worship. The problem is your sin problem. The problem is your un- your unbelief, right? And and it's both of those. And I think even when I taught on that, I said, listen, you have to realize that at the heart of man. Uh, at the at the central brain of man are these are these destructive elements of idolatry, pride, and unbelief? Mm. And they all work together. And yet they're distinct enough that you can you can define each of them individually. Uh, but the problem with with us is that we often define um, we define one and don't don't remember that it's related to the other three. Mm-hmm. And so you you know and it's okay right there there are times just to talk about pride and times just to talk about unbelief and times just to talk about um, idolatry but you have to kind of put all of them together that creates the problem and and so that's why we taught the class right because you have to then say okay wait a minute what are the problems and okay if that's the problem then what's the solution and now when i navigate people i need to realize this is what i'm navigating
1: Mm. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, it's not enough to know God. You're saying we have to understand ourselves. Um, Is there like a top like three things about that you would pass on to those who are listening right now? Like, These are like a top three things you need to walk away with understanding what it means to be a human being.
0: Yeah, so um, this has changed from my old years too. Because I would have used to put depravity first, mm. but now I'm going to put made in God's image first mm. because okay. um, that will, what that should do for you is that should um, bring the respect level up to where God wants it. Mm. You mm-hmm. know, that, that I'm going to respect other people because for no other reason than they're made in God's image. That's good um, because we're actually called to love. Yes. So,
1: you know, when you're front-loading your theology of love with everyone's depraved, it's very, it's almost difficult to (laughs) love people. But when you begin with, wait a minute, uh, these, uh, I mean, Christ understood that we were depraved, yet he treated human beings with great respect. Yeah. Um, And he loved them, um, walked with them, ate with them, died, you know, told the little children to come to him. He uh, gave women status that society didn't give them. Um, they're, they're just so much that we can, just from observing Christ's actions with other human beings, you, you, you see that he actually, he, he didn't treat them as depraved. He treated them as made in God's, made in God's image, like respectable, valued. Yeah. Um, and he was the one that was deserving all the respect. Yes, so, um, which fits with this humility. Yes, yes, yes. yep,
0: yeah, yeah. No, you're you're spot on, and and then this isn't and and you know the, the thing about young quote Calvinists is they learn tulip first, and so they learn that total depravity. Mm-hmm. And I think if not careful, oh, that's how we got down the first John show. By the way, the world, right? Yeah, love the yeah. world, and so do not love the world. Yet. Yeah, that's why. That's why I think it's idolatry. Um, so if you go down that road, right. Then, then a lot of people realize, okay, well you're depraved and sometimes you won't see, and I mean, gosh, I've got stories upon stories of seeing people disrespectful to unbelievers. And then when you're a believer, it's almost like, okay, now you're in the club. Now I can show you respect, Mm -hmm. but then you do life long enough. You'll see, I have respect for you until as long as, and then that circle gets that circle kind of comes in. And right. I've seen like, I've seen people basically only respect um, other confessionalists. And mm-hmm. if you're not a confessionalist, then, then you're, you're not worthy of, um, yeah. you shouldn't be listened to. And it's like, okay. Um, right. Armenians, Armenians are not worthy of, right. Like you don't listen to them. Well, they can be safe too, um, or yeah. Democrats. You can't listen. Like Democrats are worthless Christians. And so, I mean, these are real circles that, that we've really heard people say. And it's like, well, Again, where'd you get that? Well, because it's, it's that it's a, it's a missing of God made man in his image. And the interesting part to me is John Calvin has still today the best quote ever on how we treat people who are made in God's image. And he says, the Lord basically, the Lord commands us to do good to all without exception. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if it was estimated by our own merit, then all of us are unworthy of it. So in other words, right? If it, if you yeah. have to merit love, then yep. nobody is actually worthy of love. Right. And so the problem with the that whole idea of you've got to be in the circle is the reality is, you're you're creating a um, you're creating a code of conduct that is a twisting of scripture. And though you may use scripture, you're picking and choosing. And one of the things you're you're ignoring is that God made man in His image and expects us to respect them because of that reason. And James three nine supports that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that were to to love people because they're made in God's image. Yeah,
1: there's something about human beings that where we were, where for some reason we we put each other in tribes and we, um, you know, attribute to that tribe the the worst generalities. Yes, uh, you know, and I'm not sure why we do that. I don't know if that's like like the scheme of Satan? Maybe it is, because, I mean, he's a master of deception. And yeah. I think if, if if he can divide us, right, that's, like, churches do that. Within churches. You, I mean, within Christ, Christendom, uh, we have these tr- tribal circles. Um, and if you're not loyal to your tribe, you know, you get canceled, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas, why aren't we learning from each other? Why aren't we having, um, why aren't we seeking to walk together so that we can come to the 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 knowledge of truth and, and, and grow up to a mature man. Yeah. Um, there's, there's something, and maybe that's, that's one of the important reasons why to study anthropology. Yes. It's a, it's a reminder. I think it is a reminder of, Hey, these are our tendencies and we need to fight against these. Yeah.
0: Well, idolatry, um, is magnetic and it's magnetic to, to those who are Mm like-minded. And so, um, You know, excuse me. If you have, right, so, uh, and again, I think all of us twist God's standards. I think all of us do it. So I'm not, I've been saying from the pulpit lately, you you don't have to watch out for legalism to come into the church. You have to stamp it out of the people in the church. Mm -hmm. And all of us are are prone to magnetize towards people who think like us and already support the conclusions we want to support. Mm Mm-hmm. So right, if somebody's listening to this and they disagree with me, they're gonna they're gonna be like I was right the second they find somebody whether it be an author, another podcaster, somebody online, some other pastor that's famous online, and that guy quotes something and they're gonna be like Yeah, see, I'm with that guy, mm-hmm. and that that's that was like Paul in First Corinthians saying Yeah, you're thinking like fleshly children, you're you're not thinking like mature believers here, you're thinking like unbelievers with this approach because I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of you know Cephas. I'm of Jesus, you know? And so that whole, like that whole tribalism is, is what Paul's getting at even in Romans one thirty two, 32 um, that we give hearty approval to those who practice the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is that that's in the context of like evil idolatry. And so people think, well, okay, but we're not talking about evil things. These are good things that, that what they don't realize is that they're taking those good things and putting them in the center and they're, they're making those good things the defining element of what it means to be a good Christian. And they're forgetting that what it means to be a good Christian is that you're justified by faith alone, by Christ alone, by grace alone. And that makes you a good Christian. Jesus yeah. Christ makes you a good Christian.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. so hard to to... to wrap your mind around because we do that so naturally yes and we find value in those tribes because we we you know we agree yeah so it's like yeah it's we're validated you know it's a it's an echo chamber everyone's patting your back because you believe the same thing so um it's it's probably it's also why we have the gender wars because they do they find their tribe they find their value um whereas what you're trying to say is that um No, that's not what defines us. Um, It's actually Jesus Christ alone. Yes. Like Christ alone defines us. Yep. Yep. Um, We find our value in him and nothing else. Yeah, you're
0: in it. We're all in a couple tribes. So believers are in two tribes. One, you're in the tribe of humanity. Mm -hmm. And two, you're in the tribe of the church, the Catholic church and then the local church. Mm. So Catholic, of course, meaning universal, just in case somebody's listening and thinks I'm talking Roman Catholic church. That's Mm -hmm. a different Roman Catholic church is the Roman Catholic church. Right. The Catholic church is the universal church. right? And so we would re- we would not say to, to Ed or to Travis, Hey, you're not in the real church cause you're not in Cornerstone. We would recognize that, that they are, they're elders at a church that God has put them in and he, and Christ is the head of their church, just like he's the head of our church. Mm-hmm. And so why we want what's best for their churches because Christ is the head of the church and that's, that's his body and he loves his body just like he loves our body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, That's the model. Oh, that's one tribe.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Those are two tribes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So humanity and believer. Gotcha. Yeah. And then what we have to recognize is unbelievers are going to, right, there's a sense we want community. And so unbelievers are finding their identity in something other than Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. right? And it's selfishly motivated. This is where idolatry wraps itself into this that, that as they're seeking identity, right. So they're, they're going to be like, Hey, you know, yeah, for some people, sex is a big deal. So their identity is going to be in some kind of sexual group Um, for some people, maybe food. Right. And they find their identity in food. And you know, I mean, I've in California, you see all, I mean, you remember there, there was Mm -hmm. like a club for everything. That was one of the great things about California. No matter what your hobby is, there's probably thousands of people in California that share that hobby Right and there's Insta community based around your hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I went to a Shakespeare in the Park play once, and there was a cheese and wine connoisseur group there, mm. and they mm. had chosen to take their connoisseur and view a Shakespeare play at the same time. Mm. Sounds and, appropriate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, <laughs> like I sat down and I was like, I mean, I think that should be required, <laughs> and I think I should have to leave. Right. But yeah, but but right, like, and they went over and talked to him. And just cause like, oh, this is really cool. Like, what are you guys doing? And so they tell me. And it was like you sat there and you're like, Yeah, I mean, here here are people that you would have never put these people in the same room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. If you'd have walked into Target and said, Go, go group people together who you think would who would relate to each other, you would have never grouped these people together. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean again, from all it's almost like the church, right? When yep. you go into the church and you said, Okay, I want you to fill this church up with who you think would be together in this church. Like if you came in a cornerstone you would be like man nobody would have ever got if cornerstone was the answer nobody would have got the answer right yeah so it's right but and that's what's so amazing is that communities get grouped around what they love and that's why the church is a community around Jesus Christ but unbelievers they form their own communities yep. and it's usually around right loves and and some you know some people are zealous in their hobbies or their their mm-hmm. their communities and some people aren't
1: yeah i guess what makes it hard is uh, is you see other human beings grouping themselves around um, sinful, sinful ideologies like actual sinful things that uh, they value, you know, let's just say sex, for example, um, but sex outside of marriage or whatever, whatever, you know, uh, whatever perversion of sex uh, that they group themselves around um, that, that becomes their idol. And so as a, as a believer, you're looking at them and, um, and you're trying to navigate, okay, um, how do I not devalue them, mm-hmm. and h- how do I convince them that what they're actually looking for is in Christ? Yeah, that's very difficult. That's super difficult. Um, and it, it does require a level of of humility and patience, um, and a level of like, um, like always examining your own heart that you're not having, you know, because because let, let's face it, like. Many times those are the act, those are the groups that do call us names, and yep. um, but but Christians do the same things. They do, yeah. Yep. So, yep.
0: and that's that's our unbelief coming out. Um, you know, one of the things that we're trying to help people understand better is having a relationship with somebody doesn't mean you um, doesn't mean you support their decisions, mm-hmm. and and that's a that's a common like uh, it's a common problem, right? Because again, you hear people say, "Well, you're not supposed to love the world." And I, I agreed a hundred percent like you know and the church needs to be pure. okay, a hundred percent. but but if you go down and you look at first um, uh, Corinthians chapter six, right And you look at kind of like uh, was it was it six where he talks about um, right that when he talks about loving the world, or when he talks about like not engaging in the world, he he points out like I'm not saying that you can't love people because then you would have to leave the world. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so he's talking about the church there, and you've talked about this too because you you've you've pointed out that some people say well the church needs to be pure, and you you've actually asked the question yeah but what do you mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because from 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 the standpoint of purity, are you saying that we're, we're, we're all to be perfect in our actions and in, in our thinking all the time? Or does it mean that the church, the, the church that exists or the church that we have are filled with people who love Christ, who who, who come around, uh, who joined, who gather together because of Jesus Christ? Um for me, that's that's the purity of the church. You're, we're gathered for the purpose of Christ, for yeah. exalting Christ, with our um, with our sinfulness, with our imperfections, um, knowingly, right? We, we yeah. still gather. Like We, we know we're not going to be perfect, but we, we do uh, strive to be like Christ, to grow yes. into Him, and, and hopefully to be ambassadors for Him, yeah. reflect yeah. Him rightly that's as the best big, as we can.
0: That's yeah. the big word there, strive. And then that's the difference, right? And we, we recognize we're not... Our striving isn't earning thing. It's actually First Corinthians 5.9. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. So a lot of people read that and say, oh, I'm not, like, I, I, I had to, I had to quit being friends with, I had to quit having dinner with my brother because my brother is, um, is living with a girl and mm-hmm. they're not married mm-hmm. and she's pregnant. So I can't associate with him. Well, you got to go bonding. You got to keep reading because mm-hmm. Paul says, I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world, but not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a viler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. Mm. And so there's a difference there, right? And in the context of First Corinthians, Paul's Paul's wrestling with this situation where, right, basically somebody's, you know having unnatural relations with his father-in-law with his father-in-law's wife. And yet we get the, we get the sense that like the church is like, Oh, that's like brother. That's like brother Johnny, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, that's not brother Johnny. Like you, you need to call brother Johnny to repentance Mm -hmm. like that, that, you know, excuse me. But to be fair, we could pick anything right. You could be, you could be like, Oh, you're not to associate with, with granny Susie because she's, she's an evil gossip. Mm hmm. You know, and so, right. That's that's why when, when you start to when you start to bring other sinful revelations to the table, you realize people are inconsistent, even in the way that they apply right. pursuing purity. Yeah, yeah. I think the,
1: the the difficulty there is that you know, and this is where it does get sticky because um, I think a church that is trying to exalt Christ um, does not excuse sin. Yes, 100%. Right. So, yes. yeah, it's not, it's not an excuse of sin, but it's a, it's a call to repentance all the time. Yes. And uh, usually the one that, that uh, refuses to repent is, you know, the question is, are they really a brother or yeah. sister in Christ or not? You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and that, that's what, when we're talking about, the purity of the church. That's what we're really talking about. Who's really in, who's really out? Yeah. Um, from what I understand.
0: Yeah. And none of us 100% know. Right, right, yeah,
1: I think um the best of our abilities we you know we uh judge what we can tell, yep, um, we call people to repentance, we call ourselves to repentance, um, and uh hopefully the spirit leads us to to walk in a manner worthy, right, yep. um the calling with with uh, which we've been called, and we walk faithfully, yep,, yeah, but um yeah, I like that though we don't have to support people's decisions, yep. um so loving somebody doesn't mean you're supporting them in their decisions. So that's yeah. helpful uh, in navigating, uh, f- you know, friends who have different viewpoints who, who might even believe gross things um, who, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the hard part is, okay, now how do I minister to them? And I think this is part of the reason why yes, we, we are going through the study. It's like, okay, there's a level of respect for them. Yep. Now, how do you get them to see? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, worthy? so
0: to be fair, because I know I've, I've kind of like, um, criticized the way of the master before. Uh, but I, it's not the way of the master I criticize. It's some of the people that use it um, because they, they think it's like, if you didn't mention the law, you didn't evangelize. Mm-hmm. But Sinclair Ferguson had that great quote about our sins. And he said, our sins reveal our nature
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's a good way to put it. And so that's where the way of the master is good because those questions they ask do re- should reveal to a person, Hey, you're not perfect. Mm hmm. And so, right in your love for people, that's what that's what you're striving for. I want you to understand you're not perfect, and because you're right, because you're not perfect, that's a problem. Because now the death penalty, you are worthy of the death penalty, yeah. right? And that that's the problem with creating taboo systems of of sin, is we can look at somebody and say, well, you've not cheated on your spouse, uh, you've not cheated on your taxes, you've you know what I mean, like you've not cheated on these other things down the line. So you got to be okay when it when in reality they're envious, unthankful, bitter and gossips. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, th- those are all worthy of death. And so you, when you get into people's lives, you're helping them to see, hey, we are sinful people who need a savior. Yeah. And I'm not better than you. I just found the bread. I found the savior. Yeah. And I didn't find him. He revealed himself to me. But he used other people. He used broken people. That's the crazy part. Like at some point I knew Christ was real. And I knew I wasn't his because I knew other people I had seen true love. And I was like, and those people I can tell are Christ. And I'm not like that. Mm. This is interesting how other people's character helped bring me to my knees and realize, you know, Lord, I'm a selfish, I'm pretty selfish dude. Yeah. And I'm very self-serving. And, um, I only think about myself and how amazing is these other people that to my knowledge, right? Like, cause where I grew up in like a very Christianese culture, but to my knowledge, all those people are still walking with the Lord. These people that were instrumental in helping me see what what love really looks like, and they were. And one of the things I realized is they were all very patient with me, mm. all very kind mm-hmm. and very understanding. Like, mm. and that that's to me that's the thing, right? I, it wasn't their Armenian or Calvinism. It was they were kind and understanding, mm-hmm. and, and right. Almost like it was like they talked to me like a doctor who knows yeah, these next six months of cancer um, therapy are going to be tough for you. Yeah, that's good. Like uh,
1: approaching it like a uh, a doctor with good bedside manner, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <so I>, yeah, <laughs> because there's, there's some doctors that are just not, maybe not as helpful. Um, yeah, but but you can identify the problem and you can speak about it in a way that makes sense and correlates with the real life. Yeah, because you um, associate with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. understand. We understand yeah. the, the weakness and frailty of men. Um, yeah, we could, we could relate.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's why that, that's why I was hoping the anthropology study would be helpful. If, if one person walked away and quit hating groups of people mm-hmm. and started loving people, then, I mean, you know, it was kind of, if, if, if I, if one person in the church quit hating transgenders and was like, you know what, they're broken people who need a savior, mm-hmm. then it was worth it. Yeah you know, or if one person was like, I need to quit hating people who disagree with me politically, or I need to quit hating target. Then to me it was worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like right now we hate target and uh, Bud light. Yeah. Yeah. So if one person was like, you know what, those execs in Bud light need a savior and I can be respectful to them, even though I disagree with their take and think that, you know, and again, I don't, I don't think those things that those people are, those things, those people are advocating are harmful. Yep. But if you took away that specific issue, they're already advocating harmfulness because they're still advocating idolatry. They're still, right, Romans one thirty ing I just turned that into a verb. Yep. It's great. I feel, it's good. I feel good about it. <laughs> um, they're still, right, giving hearty approval to those who practice such things. So, right, that doesn't go yeah. away by changing one ethic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think people
1: do that out of fear because they, they, they think they can manipulate people into the kingdom by, by hating them. Yeah. But, but in actuality, the, the, the spirit, um, the fruit of the spirit works completely different. Um, it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, right? It's, it's, yes. it's uh, it's the way the, it's actually the way God works in people's hearts. Um, but because of, because of fear of, People hurting themselves or doing wrong, and this is where, like you know, we've been emphasizing grace. Um, they're, they're like they the grace that comes with having patience with people and, and being kind to people, in spite of their hurtful ideologies. Um, understands that like you're not going to change them by by just pushing their pressure, pressuring them into thinking differently, yep. or uh, manipulating them into thinking differently. It, they have to understand that. Um, it's it's it's, it's I, I, I don't want to sound charismatic, but like it's really the the power of the Holy Spirit working in their hearts in a mysterious way.
0: I am almost annoyed that you think that's charismatic. <laughs> it's well, and, it was, and that yeah. that actually is revealing a part of the problem. Sure, is sure, sure. We don't we're looking we for, we downplay the role of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and yeah, um, right. again, like you know, somebody says, "What, why, why are, how are people made holy?" And the answer is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you know, as as I realized that for us who are works, are work salvation and work sanctification oriented, and that's all of us, by the way, mm-hmm. that's you too. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of us is a little bit of works, works based. The Holy Spirit's not a, is is not what we want to hear because what do you do with that? You can't go well. Okay, go do, well, you know what I mean. And that's what that's the problem with that is you can't, you can't do that. Um, yeah, grace is, in fact. Yeah, we you know, I could have podcasted on grace today too because it's oh, it's high on my it's high on my list. I think it's it's the missing element for a lot of people mm-hmm. is they don't realize how gracious God is to them and they forget to be gracious to others. But mm-hmm. you were talking about manipulation doesn't work. It does work. That's, yes, it does. It, for, it does work.
1: It's behavioral behavioral. Yes. Um. What's it called? Uh, modification. Modification. Yes,
0: yeah. it does work. Uh, But it's a short-term unsuccessful value. True. Okay. So because manipulation can work, but but here's what you have to do. You have to get people to fear you Mm -hmm. and you have to get people to fear the community you're in. Mm -hmm. So now the manipulation is there to keep because you're scared of not having this community or that person. Yeah. And so now the manipulation does work because now, right, you're scared of, and that that's why Jesus says to the Pharisees, you make your disciples twice the sons of hell because the people are going into that Pharisee community are going in because they want to be like the Pharisees. I mean, they were famous people. Remember they, they really were not, they weren't in charge of the synagogues. They weren't in charge of the temple. They were like the modern media, right? And so if they canceled you, then you were canceled. And so some people saw that power and that ability and that, and they were, they were, they were, um, they had a lust for what they had and, and nothing new under the sun, right? There are some people that want to be an elder because they want to rule the church in their own image. Mm. They want to be in leadership of whatever they're involved with because they want that organization to be what they want it to be. Well, they can fix it in their mind. Yes, in their mind they can. Yes. Yeah,
1: I, I, we just got to do these five things, yeah. and um, we'll, we'll get this organization up and running. People, you can be the most impactful, yeah, good things yes. organization in the world. We can do great things, you know. Yeah. And they probably have a plan, and but the plan, if the plan um, neglects God's means.
0: Of grace, um, it's it's not a it's it's not God's plan. Nope, not God's plan. Yeah, but and that's the thing. The manipulation is a time bomb in the future. Yeah, and when either you die, when when the the catalyst of the community dies, the community is going to explode. Mm-hmm. When um, or at some point you're going to be dejected because that striving to be inside the next inner circle. And this is why that C.S. Lewis article is so good that striving to be in the next inner circle at some point you're going to get worn out and you're going to walk away hmm. because you're not getting what you want and then the manipulation's over yeah i mean is it fair to say that like it, it
1: well, how is how is love and and grace not manipulation you know what i mean like yeah um well it's not manipulation yeah like or i guess
0: why um cuz you're not results oriented
1: yeah it's okay that it's it's
0: uh, Not biblical um, love and biblical sure. grace. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some people's view of love is, well, how do I get this result? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that that comes out in parenting all the time, right? Like, how do I get my kids to do X? Well, at some level, you got to train them to do things. Mm-hmm. But you also got to realize you can't manipulate them into it. Yeah, yeah. They're, Manipulative they're, they're, parents fail yeah. down the road.
1: I mean, yeah. it's it's interesting because you bring up kids, and there is we do manipulate them in our training. Um, but even the training only goes so far. Yes. At some level, there's a, there's two lanes in our parenting. There's that there's that behavioral modification because we, we don't want them to kill themselves. Yep. Um, but at the same time, they're they're you're hoping and you're hoping that your love for them and your care for them is affecting them in such a way that they see the bigger picture that 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 hey this is this is out of love for you you know mm-hmm. what I mean like this is. This is actually for your betterment. This is, uh, it's actually good for you that, that I love you this way. Yeah.
0: Um, and for your mom. Yeah. For For your mom's sanity. Yeah. Yeah. For, for your mom. This is important. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For, for my relationship with your mom, this is more important. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, how, you know, we chose to have kids and at some point your kid realizes I didn't choose to be in this family, mm. mm-hmm. but you have to train your kid. Like, is it okay for you to be selfish in the family and make other people do the things that you should be doing? Cause you're a part of the family. And I, and it's dawned to me like, yeah, when, some, when when your kid realizes I didn't choose this, right. That's a, That becomes a tough, it's tough for us to live in situations we didn't choose. Yeah. But that's a lesson you got to learn. Yeah. Cause you, if you try to, if you try to, organize your life always in such a way to control the context and the environment in which you live. I mean, you you can have a tough life. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone needs to realize that, that like, I mean, no one really chose, right. Like, gosh, I, you know, yeah, it would have been nice to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth, but like that doesn't guarantee anything either. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. In theory, I chose my wife yeah in theory, in theory, yeah. In, theory yeah. Uh, in theory i chose my wife
1: so if if gen- so uh um, back to um anthropology here because you said like gender and sex not exactly your favorite topic so out of these classes like which is your favorite
0: uh, one the first one, okay. image of God. Okay. Uh, and two, the resurrection and glorification.
1: Okay. Could could you define that for us? The image of God, like what does it mean to be made in the?
0: Image yeah, of God? that you are you are made in such a way that you reflect um, part of the character and nature of who Jesus Christ is, but also that you're you are wired in such a way to receive the revelation from God.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And so, and you that.
0: actually communicate part of God's character Um, because we were talking about this, like Psalm 19 and Romans one talk about creation communicates. Uh, But so when we think of that, we tend to think of like trees and stars and and mountains and oceans and beaches and right. Beautiful landscape. Mm -hmm. But people are a part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is what I find interesting. The art world picks up on that Mm -hmm. and the art world tends to see human beings as valuable. The problem with the art world is they don't understand the depravity of man. Mm. So they see human beings as valuable, but then interestingly enough, the art world tends to also be derogatory towards individuals they disagree with. Mm-hmm. And so, right. This is why, this is why the gospel's so good because it teaches us like God teaches us that you need to find value even in people that are disgusting mm-hmm. and that that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's real. Like on the one hand, I want the pedophile to have justice for his or her actions could be a her. Mm hmm. Um, on the other hand, there's a part of me that says, okay, Lord, as hard as it is for me to pray for that individual, because I just read about their acts and it's really disgusting and I'm appalled at what those kids had to go through. I actually want her salvation. Yeah. That's tough. Yes. Yeah. So, but the art world, right? They'll, they'll, they'll throw those people out. Mm-hmm. So art world sees value, misses yeah. depravity. Sometimes Christians hit the depravity and miss the value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I do think as we grow, it you know if you're grow if you're growing in your understanding of the gospel, you're going to be softer to other people. Mm-hmm. You need to be careful. Your gospel is probably off if you're becoming hard against other people. Yeah. You know yeah. even even I almost said his name. You know even Smiley Boy. uh, Some of you'll know who, who that is. Uh, is. I'm broken for him, and I want him out of the picture. Mm-hmm. From the pulpit mm-hmm. uh, when I sat at a picture, I don't yeah. like hitman, okay. right? Like I want, I want him out <laughs> of the pulpit, yeah. but I also realize that let's say something happened today and God took him and, and he, you know, I'm about to take, I mean like his life into today abruptly. Mm-hmm. I also realize tomorrow somebody else will be there. Yep. And because that's what those people want. Yep. He is what they want. And so they're congregating together around their idol. And his message is you are the center of the universe. And so, right. He falls and there it's, you know, it's like the, the flag of England drops when the queen dies and then it raises up. Like, I think it's not very much. It's not very long. Why? Because long live the King, Mm -hmm. right? Like the monarchy continues, even though we're sad, Queen Elizabeth died. I don't know what she ever did. I'm sure she did something. Um, I have to ask somebody that's more familiar with modern British history, English history. Mm -hmm. I don't think they do much anymore. Anyway, long story. She's short. a great figure She's of great uh, the figure. monarchy. Monarchy. I don't know. Yeah, I actually saw her. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was probably ten feet from her. Not mm. crazy. Wow. Yeah, she was wearing a accident, pink, No, no. Well, it was on accident, but she was wearing a pink hat. Oh. Yeah, and I saw the president of some um, some country in Africa too. She was. He was visiting, and they were having this long procession, and they were both riding in these like carriages, and not the same carriage together. They were riding separately, but they were. Waving and saying hi to the people, and the people were gathering. It was crazy. Wow, she was wearing a pink hat. I remember. Is she worth more as a human being? No, because she's a human being. Yeah. I mean, financially, she's <laughs> worth more than a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. No, she's not worth more. Than, she's yeah. not worth more than than the uh, the homeless guy that's addicted to drugs and is yeah. doing. Yeah. Dis- that's the hard part, right? Because he's. He, he annoys me because of the disrespect he does to the downtown area and the, and the people that run businesses down there. Yeah. But that's the hard part, right? Like they do these things that are hard to respect him, but he's still valuable. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. So tough. I don't know all that's Oh, I mean, that's why God's so gracious. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think once you start to realize, Hey, there are things about me that God would find disgusting mm-hmm. and yet God can love and show grace. So then the question he's is ask, why can you be different? And so if your gospel if your understanding of the gospel is right, you're going to you're going to get so, you're going to grow and become more soft and loving to other people. Mm-hmm. If your gospel's off, you're going to start drawing lines in the sand. Yeah. And you're going to start pointing fingers at people and you're going to start you're going to become more of a judge. Uh and you're the first thing you forgot was you're not the judge. Uh so yeah that's that, that's important as we study the
1: study humanity um i, I think people don't realize that they put themselves on the judgment seat yep um when we're re- really just ambassadors yep and part of being an ambassador um is is really to um, live out the kingdom values uh in such a way that people could see Christ in us I mean, we are we are his written epistle yeah um And so, yeah, it's, I think that that's such an important aspect of understanding um, the doctrine of man.
0: Yeah, that's, and that, and to be fair, you and I and Chris and Ramil have a judgment card in our responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it's the church discipline judgment card. Yep. Um, And I think what the gospel is, I'm amazed at still like how like-minded all four of us are on this that we're all very slow to want to drop that card on somebody mm-hmm. because we want to see is like, is like one, we realize patience and grace uh, is more beneficial. And two, right? Like we, you're trying to serve these people and you just realize some messes are so convoluted that their heart, that, that getting at, it's not like having a conversation and next week, everything's good. Yeah. Right. It's not like, Hey, pay off that bill, pay a hundred dollars and pay off that bill and you'll be good. Right. It's like, you got to untangle a lot of wrong thinking. Yeah, and yeah. people when they get into habits, you know, habits are tough to break.
1: It's difficult. Difficult part of the ministry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, so, uh, made
0: in God's uh, yeah, yeah. In God's, yeah. So yeah, that's number one. Resurrection, number two. Yeah. So because there's hope. So
1: yeah, well, what would be life. the what's that main theme in resurrection? Like, what do you see about? resurrection that's helpful for us
0: yeah this isn't it okay and that this isn't and this isn't meant to be it Mm -hmm. i'm a citizen of heaven and the reason i'm here on earth is to be a broken vessel who allows the power of god to work to show other broken vessels that they too can have eternal life Mm. and so it, it gets you to realize the end game and to think about what you're doing now with the end game in mind Okay. And actually to me, it's more of a motivator. Yeah. And so the more I understand about the resurrection, the more I find myself going today to live as Christ and it's for your benefit. Mm -hmm. And so, right. Because I mean, if I died today, man, it's great for me. Yeah. See you guys when you get here, but right. So it's interesting to me when we talk about motivations for Christianity, um, because there are some people that want to motivate, well, this is the right thing to do. And the interesting part is that's rarely the motivator. Mm -hmm. In scripture, like all of Paul's commands are coming off the cusp of helping to better explain your relationship with Christ. Right. And so uh, even his command to love one another in Galatians five is off the cusp of union, justification and adoption. Mm. So therefore love one another. Right. And so uh, Romans the same way, renew your mind. Why? Because this is what God has done. He's renewed you in the image of him recreated you, right? Adopted you, justified you by grace alone, set you apart and you've died, buried and resurrected with him and you have life. And so, right. When you start to see the commands of scripture, you start to realize they're actually tethered to the gospel and our relationship with God. And so, um, the resurrection becomes a, is part of that motivation because it's part of the gospel. Yeah. And so, right. How do you motivate people? Well, help them understand the gospel better, help them understand Jesus Christ, help them understand what life actually is. And so the idea of like, let me motivate you by just telling you what to do. Well, that, that actually doesn't motivate people. Mm-hmm. And, and every now and then some, somebody will get kind of like bushy with me on that and I'll tell them what to do. And two weeks go by and they're not doing it. And I'm like, why? Because that's not, that's not how people are motivated. Mm-hmm. Go do this. Nope. No, like that again, short term, maybe, if you are just like for some reason infatuated with me and want to please me you do it but at some point that's going to fail mhm and when that fails it's it's proving that that that's not what's meant to motivate us and the and the resurrection is one of those motivators
1: yeah, i think for for one aspect of of resurrection and future glorification that's motivating is is that it helps me deal with the weight of sin and death yep um and what i mean by that is if you think about humanity and, and all of the the sinfulness and the death you can easily be uh it'll make you go crazy it'll make you but but to know that god's plan is actually going to be um you know the gospel the gospel will be finalized at the very end uh is helpful because your best life is not now I mean, if you, you've tried, if you try to chase your best life now, you're going to go crazy. You're you're just, you're just not going to fix everything, and so there's something, and then and then dealing with loss, dealing with the death of people, uh, people dying, and 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 cancer and sickness, and you know, life is a vapor. Like, how do you deal yeah. with that? Like, yeah. uh, people seriously struggle with death, and they have to realize, like, death. If you're a believer, death is. I mean, it is the it's the beginning of eternal life um at least you know for not glorified you know while we're alive yeah.
0: yeah but um which nobody is
1: yeah yeah so yeah. so like um yeah i think there, there there's a kind of hope that that um, um beyond beyond this world beyond the sinfulness of this world the ugliness of this world in in future glorification um and it becomes more real when when you realize like, wow, there's gonna be people on the other side that you're gonna fellowship with.
0: Yeah. I was I was asking somebody the other night, I was talking about um kind of stages in life. I'm not always a big fan of that, but I do it's interesting. I you know, at some point you look down and you go like, What happens is somebody gets saved, they start to understand the gospel better. And they get saved and they go to church and they start to understand the gospel together better. But while they're understanding the gospel better, they're just showing up Sundays. And then something happens where they start to grow in Christ enough to where they realize, Hey, you know what? I actually should be involved. And then they start hanging around after service. And so, and that's where you can start to see people maturing, right? Cause they start coming to midweek things or they start showing an interest in the church. And I'm, by the way, I'm not saying that people that miss are immature, but, in general, you could say this is kind of true, right? And so, and then they start showing up to things, right? Because early on when I get saved, I was learning a lot. And then at some point you're going to church and you're like, I've already heard this, I've already learned this, already learned this. And it almost becomes dejecting because you're almost like, why isn't the church teaching me new things? I'm not growing anymore. Well, that's actually the selfishness. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually like showing that you don't understand what growth is. Mm-hmm. And so Ramil talks about this all the time too, like that growth is actually like now I'm starting to love people. Now that's spiritual growth. Yep. And so now you start coming to things, not expecting to like not saying, Hey, when am I going to learn something new? Or when is the church going to address this, this pet hobby of mine or this, this, this topic that's super important that I think they need to talk about. But the mature person starts to come and they start to like, Hey, I'm here because I need to be reminded of the truth. That, I, that I've heard, I need to understand it better and I need to help serve other people who've never heard this before or may not understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in those phases, I was asking um, two older saints and um, although to be fair, I don't think they they, I wouldn't think they're older, but they, they, they reminded me there. I said, you know, mm-hmm. like when you look back on your life and your relationship with your spouses, um, like, how did you endure the changing seasons with your spouse? And they just were talking about, you know, that, Hey, that they, because they're committed, they weren't shocked when their spouse changed. Hmm. And I think there's a difference because I talk to younger people. Sometimes they're shocked by the changes in their spouse. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, there's a difference, sp- different perspective in why these, what was, what was the foundation of why these older people got married and maybe the foundation of why these younger people got married. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I said to him, I said, yeah, but, like now, knowing what you know, if you could go back to being twenty, and they were like, "No," and I was like, "Why?" and they were like, "Cause I'm closer to Jesus." Hmm. They were like, "I know, I'm closer to the end of my life, and I'm closer to the resurrection." Mm-hmm. And it's it was that was a long way to tell yeah. that story, by the way. But yeah. all that to say that it was it was really valuable because, right? It, it like reminded you, hey, here are people who've walked with the Lord for thirty years. And at the end, as as they're starting to deal with age and the the sickness and disease and the the ailments that come with age, what is it that they care the most about? They're looking forward to that resurrection,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they're not they're not seeping back and sitting on their couch waiting for it. They're still actively engaging the church, loving the church, serving the church, being involved with them mm-hmm. because of yeah. That's 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 awesome. You you said something the other night,
1: and it's uh, it kind of sounded like. This like you're you're talking about craftsmanship and um <clears throat> you know the the Christian's craft is really loving yeah. uh, to to love and and to to be holy but but they're very related like holiness and love or as Ramon would say like holy love um they're intertwined and so like our craft as we grow as we mature we're actually the craft that we grow in is love yeah love and 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 grace and mercy and uh, really. Some of the fun, fundamental characteristics of who God is. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so I love that. It's just that idea is like, oh yeah, we we have a craft, and our craft is love. I like that. Yep. uh so it's like just it's, it's like the one thing that we will never be perfect at, but we we know that we need to grow in.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it requires listening to the same thing over and over. It does. Uh, it's it's, you know, the the journey. The gosh, I'm almost annoyed. Even my, I, it's, I don't, you're getting really, crotchety. I'm getting, getting crotchety, <laughs> but I think what I think, right. I'm annoyed because I love this analogy, but right now the, the, the word is so popular, right? Uh-oh. Like log into to one of my bank accounts and your credit journey. And it's like, why does that gotta be a journey? <laughs> right. So, but in some way yeah. the Christian walk is a journey. Yeah, it is. And and coming back to the church and hearing the same truths preached is right. When you, when you go take a hike, Uh, most of us hike on trails and that that's a benefit because we look down and go the trail starts here ends here and you don't have to think about it but if you were to just go trek Colorado off a trail you would have a map and a compass and you have to routinely stop and look down at that compass because if you accidentally start veering too far in one direction 10 miles down the road you could be 10 miles off of your trail Mm. So in a way that's, that's the Christian life. I need to be in fellowship. I need to be with the church and I need to not say, Hey, I've heard this before. I've learned this before, but no, I need to be reminded of this because I've got to keep orienting my compass back to North Mm -hmm. because otherwise what happens is you start to, you start to go down that road and you look up and you're, you're 10 miles down the road and you're 20 miles away from the gospel. Mm -hmm. But in your mind, you're not off trail, but you just, you know what i mean cuz it's like oh i've heard this message before you tune it out you do whatever you start seeing it as unimportant and pretty soon you're done yeah you're you're off that you're veered off somewhere and everyone else is wrong but you're right mm. and yeah that's yeah. a sad place to be it's a sad place yeah also very common among young men because young men tend to be idealistically self-studied mm. and they they are trying to recreate the world like you said in their own in their own image yep. And at some point you got to learn to go, you know what? I can't recreate the world uh, because utopia is the new heavens and the new earth and that that's not now. So I just need to learn to navigate the world I'm in with love and generosity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I feel like that's where the study of history is helpful because you realize like you're not recreating anything. Nope. Yeah oh well, good yeah did we right. exhaust this topic well, for, now, for, for now for now Man, I, uh, I, I can't wait to talk about it in five years though just because I, I love um, because it's going to come up again and again and I know we're going to learn um, the same things but more nuanced and I look yeah. forward to a future discussion of anthropology yeah
0: and I'll be more crotchety yeah I'll work <laughs> on that yeah those young people uh, uh, whippersnappers yeah. do, do people even say that anymore what do old people say now yeah yeah. I and don't those, know. You're old. You're those aren't, you, aren't you there?
1: So what do you say now?
0: <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not a millennial. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I'm too. I'm, G- Gen X. No, I'm too. I don't know what I am. Ah. I'm in this weird group. I'm two years too old to be a millennial and I don't think I'm uh, old enough to be a Gen Xer. There's mm. like a little weird gap. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the cusp. Yeah, on the fine. cusp. Our people were the greatest. There you go. That's all right. right. <laughs> all right. We'll end the song and. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be cries of outrage. Feel free to talk to us.